Top of the Global Threat Report brought to you by Global Threat Solutions, the 100% veteran-owned Long Island-based security investigation firm offering so much, uh, ladies and gentlemen, armed and unarmed security services, residential patrol services, retail security, uh, residential estate security services, talking about the Hamptons too, you know, Nassau uh, County Executive Protection, you name it. For peace of mind in uncertain times, go to the website, globalthreatsolutions.com, or a phone call. Uh, We'll get it done, too. If you have any questions, 646-946-6649. The captain on his great company. Let's not forget the captain's brief. we got a preview tomorrow's great show with Tom Evans. Uh, That is tomorrow at 11 o'clock right here on LI News Radio. Let me say good morning uh, to Captain Kim Bombay. Sir, it's always good having you. Morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on. You know, there's so much to go over. I, I want to start with the Lloyd Austin press conference. Uh, you know, I was cringing for him. Uh, you know, to me, it's a little too late. You should have had it a, a, a week ago. Uh, the guy was AWOL, didn't tell the president. Oh, I thought this one's had an email. No, I thought, no, I, we had a little bit of communication snafu. The president of the United States, I mean, come on. I mean, Mr. Mr. Secretary, I'm sorry. We wish you a speedy recovery. I hope you live another 100 years, but you got to go. You're not fit for the job. Never was, in my opinion, Captain. Never was fit, Lloyd Austin was. Uh, Should have been terminated. But in essence, the beat goes on. That's what happens with this administration. I mean, listen, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas still has a job. If he has a job, I guess anyone could have a job within the confines of that cabinet, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, compared to Mayorkas, Lord Austin is doing a stellar job as Secretary yeah, true. And, you know, Jay, Lord Austin served his country. He's, you know, uh, I respect that. He made a big mistake in not notifying these people, uh, notifying specifically the president. He wanted to keep this matter private. He said he's made changes. More importantly to me is what's going on in the world right now and our response, because he also addressed that after addressing his, his medical issues. He talked about what's going on right now. You know, the, the four, uh, three U.S. soldiers that were just killed in Jordan and the over 40 that were wounded. And when they pressed him why the U.S. has waited so long to respond more strongly to the over 165 attacks in U.S. troops since October of last year, he stated it's time to take away even more capability than we have in the past. It's just so indicative of the weak response we've had from this administration concerning these attacks, that the attacks in the Red Sea, the attacks we're getting out of Syria and Iraq from these Iranian proxy groups. And it's, it's like white noise now. Nobody wants to listen to this anymore. Um, you know, this, this group has now said they're suspending attacks against the U.S. or military operations against the U.S., this proxy group. But she did kind of dismiss that and, and ignored that statement. says, we will respond. It will be a tiered response. And, but then, you know, John Kirby in his um, press conference says basically that President Biden believes that it is important to respond in an appropriate way. And that, you know, that is double speak for in a weak way. Because we know that's what he means. He's so the decisions of this administration concerning these attacks is entirely focused on the presidential election cycle we're in the middle of right now. They are so terrified of this becoming this regional conflict, which it's already become. You know, they're, they're making this administration saying we're not at war with Iran. And all I could think is, really? 
then why have they attacked us 165 times? Why do they keep launching missiles and drones at us if we're not at war? I think they're at war. We're not at war. And that's a problem, and I think it needs to be fixed quickly. And the reason why we're in the predicament we're in is because uh, around the world, they see the great United States of America, world power and everything else, uh, is not is not so great anymore. You know, we've got sheer weakness. You go back to the Afghan withdrawal from two and a half years ago, the botch withdrawal. Thirteen service members killed. Three service members killed last Sunday's attack. Uh, we all wonder what the retaliation will be, if any, by the way, if any. Uh, we still await. We Hopefully we don't telegraph. We've already said a few things. Uh, I'm not confident at all how this administration is going to go about this. We know the very head of the snake needs to be sliced off, that being Iran. Uh, they're behind everything. They fuel everything because of what goes on within. Uh, you know, $6 billion in the nuclear deal and everything else. They still have revenue production. We talk about this all the time. They have a stream coming in of zillions of dollars, and that is what it's all about. Instead of really siphoning them off sanction-wise, we don't. Uh, there's way too much leeway, and we just, you know, there's no there's no uh, peace by strength anymore. There's nothing. You get nothing. Uh, the mantra is not believed in by this administration, and that's what you have going on right now. You know, it's sheer bedlam, and... Joe Biden doesn't know what day it is right now. And that is one of the issues, too. And you get all this stuff with Lloyd Austin and everything else. I mean, it's just a conglomeration of the Keystone Cops. I mean, that's what it is right now in Washington. Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, I, we, it's almost, you know, we've talked about this so much since the very beginning um, in, of this administration. But it really is true. If you go back to the withdrawal from Afghanistan and you go back to, and, and look at how we let our, um, China fly over our country of balloons and did nothing about it, and how we actually then continued to go to them hat in hand and beg them to meet with us because they were being mean. And, and you look at all of these things that have happened over the last few years, and you look at this. Most importantly, probably right now, is you look at these 165 attacks the entire world knows it's Iran. We know it's Iran. The military knows it's Iran. We're doing nothing about it. And it goes to show you, you know, this is mindset, I think, sometimes, Jay. I, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's a, a mindset on the left, but I guess, you know, it, that might be appropriate, where they think that, well, this is a kinder, gentler world and a more sophisticated world. But these people are not. I've dealt with this my entire life since I was young. And these people understand strength and power. That's what they understand, Jay. They don't play by our rules. And right now, they've attacked us 165 times because they know we're doing nothing about it. The response has been embarrassing. He says, we're going to take away more of their capability. How many weeks now have I been saying, let's take away all their capability? If we know that we took out 20% of the missile launchers in, in Yemen uh, for the Houthi rebels, why not all of them? If we know where they are, why are we not destroying all of them? They're obviously ignoring us. Um, and, and the same thing goes with these proxy groups. And more importantly, let's take it to Iran. Nobody wants to see war. I, I am a former soldier, an Army officer. I do not want to see a war in the Middle East, Jay. But we cannot sit here and allow these, this group and these countries. There's two sides to this. The first one is we're going to lose troops, which is tragic. We just lost three, 40 wounded. They'll deal with these injuries for the rest of their lives. 
these soldiers, um, and we've done nothing. That's one side of it. But the other side of this is the the image to the world of the optics of what's going on right now. Us being attacked, attacked 165 times and doing next to nothing about it. That is going to cause the next attack, the next crisis we all face globally. It's going to be caused by this, this lack of action and weakness. That's why this has to change. And all I can say is I hope people are thinking about this and remembering this when they step into the voters booth in November. It's the only way you fix the problem. You can only fix the problem that way. You you get rid of this crud. Uh, as far as the so-called decision makers, they're not getting it done. And if you are looking for change, the only way to do it is in the voting booths. I'll tell you that much uh, without question. The captain with us, the Global Threat Report. Cap, uh, the two cops who were attacked on the streets of our city, Times Square used to be uh, a riveting area beyond belief. Uh, now a playground uh, for migrants, it seems. Uh, and quite frankly, um, the image the image of one of those uh, individuals flipping the bird uh, to uh, every American out there, to every resident of New York City saying, hey, I made it through the Swiss cheese border, and look at me now. That's what that signified the other day. He gave all of us the middle finger. You know, that's what it's all about right now because we have a president who has allowed this to take place, okay? What you saw in Times Square the other day sums it up, sums it all up. By the way, a couple of those guys went to California, if you can believe it. You know, it's a slap in the wrist, and all of a sudden you're out in the street. I mean, what else can you say? And and then the governor's asked, oh, you don't touch police. Yeah. Words, those are just words. I want to see action. Action. Don't just facilitate work permits. Don't have 4,000 state jobs ready for people, ready to roll here. We can't even get people in our own country jobs. Do we take care of our veterans like this for crying out loud? I'm sickened by this. Yeah, this is, you know, Jay, you watched that video of these guys walking out. First of all, you watched the video of the attack, which is brutal. Um, then you watched the video of them walking out laughing and giving the finger to, the, to all of America. And, my God, it's almost as if the Republicans paid for this as a campaign ad. It wraps up everything that has gone wrong over the last four years. It's not just the border crisis and that these, these people are coming over here completely um, ungrateful, too. Completely ungrateful for being here. They have no uh, respect for this country, for our laws. And I'm not saying everybody, but these, this guy is now the poster boy. These guys are the poster boy for the crisis at the border. But I'll tell you, Jay, they're also the poster boys for the crisis, which is these criminal justice reform we've seen over the last three years, which the bail reform, how, you know, bail reform was never meant for this. Bail reform was never supposed to be what we're looking at. You know, a lot of police officers believed in some level of bail reform. There shouldn't be a kid sitting in jail for 30 days because he had weed in his pocket because he can't make a $100 bail. I get that. It was never supposed to be 
um, you could assault, violently assault police officers and walk out in a couple hours giving America the finger. That was never supposed to be bail reform. Everybody knows it. They still refuse to change these, these policies. And, and another thing is that these guys aren't citizens. They're here illegally. They, don't, they should not be afforded the same right that U.S. citizens are given. Why are they not on the next bus, you know, either in prison or in the next bus? Why? I don't understand why that this is happening. Like, they're still allowed to be. I dealt with this as a detective. And, and that was long before these ridiculous radical policies where we would have people involved in uh, or um, alleged shooters that we were investigating. They would not support them until a conviction. And I used to say, they're not supposed to be here anyway. Let's get rid of them. Let's just kick them out, you know? But the problem is the policies in this country, and this this is going to hurt, I think, President Biden and Democrats. You will see this on loop, that picture, that video of these guys walking out, giving everyone the finger, because it's so indicative of everything that's wrong. And the finger. And you're 100% right. You are a million percent right. That should... That image should be emblazoned in everyone's head. In fact, it should be on every pamphlet that these candidates throw at your house. You know? And, and instead of, you know, what we usually do is we put all that garbage in the fireplace and throw it out. Save that one. You know, that's just an idea. Save that one or that kid giving you the middle finger because that's what it represents. It's it's beyond. It's beyond. I'll tell you another thing beyond. When we got the toxicology report, Cap, those three guys out in Kansas City, oh, guess what? The concoction in their system of cocaine, marijuana, oh, fentanyl, by the way, fentanyl. Where's the fentanyl coming from, folks? You know, another derivative of what's happening on our southern border. With these cartels participate in all this stuff, not only the human trafficking with these drugs and everything else coming from China down into Mexico up into this land here. And it affects middle, middle America. Everybody's affected by this. The fentanyl. Three young men. Okay? And, and certainly, you know, I, I, I am not forgiving in any way of their participation into illegals, into substances of this nature. But, you know, sometimes when you don't know you're taking, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. And when I heard this, another example, Cap, of what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jay, what, what has happened, I'm teaching a class in crime prevention right now, and I showed that video in New York City to my students, and I want to get their opinions on this. But I, I teach them that, obviously, in this country, the criminal justice system, the foundation of our criminal justice system, the, the, is deterrence. That's what it is. It's deterrence to commit crimes, right, which we've removed. This administration has removed. These guys are walking out because they knew they weren't staying in there. They knew they weren't staying in jail. And that's why we removed the deterrent. If they thought they were going to prison for a long time for this crime, they probably, they, they would think twice before doing it. And not just them, but so many criminals across the country. Look at all the, the massive retail theft where they storm into places. That wasn't happening five years ago. We didn't see these where people ran into, you know, these, these uh, luxury brands with 50 people and stole everything in there for tens of thousands. That 
return. They know they're going to run out of that store and they're not going to jail for a day. We removed the deterrent. Look at the border. When people thought that they would, would not be allowed in this country and you'd be remaining in Mexico during this process, this hearing, guess what? They didn't come, Jay. They didn't come. It was a deterrent to coming into America illegally. Now we've removed the deterrent at every level in this country, and we're seeing the results of that. It's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, the damage of these policies. Could you imagine if this goes on another four years? Could you imagine? What do we have left? I don't know if we have anything left. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't know. Uh, I really don't know. What, are we going to have some dystopian society out here? I mean, is that what it's going to come down to? Is it going to come down to the Hunger Games? I mean, can you imagine this? It, listen, it's serious stuff. It really is. Captain with us, Global Threat Report. Cap, what's going on in that Michigan uh, courtroom? Uh, the kid took a gun, shot four people, killed four people in Oxford, Michigan. Mental health, obviously a play here. And for the first time ever now, the parents... Uh, look to be held accountable. They're on trial. Uh, you know, I caught some of this with a mother, Jennifer Crumbly. Quite frankly, if you knew your kid was ill mentally, why in the heck are you giving him a gun? You are accountable for his actions, lady. I'm sorry. Don't point fingers at the husband. Husband's husband as well, you know. Don't tell me the husband's at fault. You're at fault. You're at fault. It's your child. Up in. When he is not cognitively sound, I'm sorry. Guilty is charged in my estimation. Yeah. So, Jay, in short, these parents are being tried for involuntary manslaughter for not addressing their son's pleas for help, specifically help for mental health issues um, that he had documented in a journal daily. Um, it culminated with these parents being brought to school to discuss an assignment where the student depicted himself actually conducting a shooting. And the school said they needed help, that he needed help, and they wanted them to bring him home. They didn't want him to stay in school, but they refused, said they had to go back to work. And hours later, he pulls a gun out of his bag and kills four students. I mean, you can't even, this is insane, this story, right? So I think what you might see now is just to start a precedent, which for Responsible for children, at least, involved in these shootings are now held criminally liable for their actions. Specifically, you know, violent actions like active shooter incidents. And I think the key to this case will be how aware they were of the information in that journal and what, if any, actions they took. But, I mean, even for their actions on that day, um, you know, combined with the fact that they allowed him to have access to a firearm, I think that this does not look good for them. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, you know. We, we there's got to be accountability. You, I've been screaming for accountability forever. You, you know, you go back to Newtown in Connecticut with those 26 people losing their lives, 20 kids. Uh, you know, Adam Lanza was a kid mentally ill beyond, and, uh, and all of a sudden he goes into the gun locker and takes uh, his weapons of choice, uh, and uh, by the way, kills the mother uh, while she was sleeping on his way out. I mean, listen. There's got to be there's common sense here, okay? And the common sense factor is um, there's there are issues with these kids, issues. Nicholas Cruz at Parkland, seventeen people died, okay? These are issues. 
39 times in Florida, cops were called to that household. Okay? The mother, where are you with this stuff, right? I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Uvalde, same deal. Can't live with the grandmother. Takes the truck out. Remember that? Couldn't even drive, by the yep. way. Crashed into the school fence. You go on and on here. Same scenario. All part of the same equation. You know? See something, say something. Unbelievable. Instead, you know what? Let's reward the kid. Give him a gun. That'll shut him up. We'll give him a rifle. It's unbelievable. Um, it last, Yeah, it really is. Last thing, Cap. Any ceasefire that is discussed with Israel and Hamas, without question, it, it's a it's a non-starter if it is not in the equation, and that is the release of the 100 hostages right off the bat. I want them lined up. We got Americans in there, seven or eight, maybe nine, uh, still in that mix. Who knows who's alive? How are they being taken care of? Those who need medicine, you go on and on and on here. Um, whatever it is, 100 hostages, fully released. Sorry, that's the way it goes. If I'm netting you out, I don't hear anything else. It's the release of those hostages, Captain. Yeah, you know, they're in a, a precarious situation because they have so much pressure from the families, and rightfully so, that, that have hostages being held. Um, by these terrorists. And then it's, what it's doing, it's forcing Israel to negotiate with terrorists. You know, this isn't a legitimate entity, Hamas, the terrorist group. They're holding these people. So the deal essentially says that they're going, if it goes through, says that they will have a ceasefire for several months, and then all of the hostages will be released but periodically in small groups, not all at once, not like here they are. Um, and that's the, what it looks like on paper right now. We'll see if this moves forward. And then the bigger picture, you know, there needs to, there's a lot of differences in opinion as to what it's going to look like in the aftermath. If this were to work out, what is Gaza going to look like? And there's a lot of, you know, the U.S. included is pushing for a two-state solution. Israel's not going for a two-state solution. And I don't think they're also going to go for a solution that doesn't include them having a really big part in security in Gaza. So there's going to be a lot of conflict at that phase right now if this were to move through successfully. Um, and we're going to see, Jay, are some of those hostages dead? I mean, are they even alive right now? You know, I think you might see that happen when they start to release them, that all of the hostages that we believe they have might not be alive. You know, and all the talk about humanitarian needs and everything else and getting the right supplies in and the Palestinians and everything else. I don't hear anything out of the White House regarding the hostages. Zero. Um, it's disgraceful. It really is. It is absolutely disgraceful. Uh, not disgraceful at all is the captain's show. It's called the captain's brief. It's on Saturday mornings at 11. Uh, it is unbelievable between the captain and Tom Evans what they put together. Incredible guests every week. Cap, what do we got tomorrow? So so this week, Jay, because I was traveling, I was in L.A., I've been very busy, but it was in L.A. I called in last week. Yeah. Tom and I are just going to handle this show because we're going to focus on what we were just talking about, the Middle East. It's going to be like a special episode. We're going to catch up with all of these issues. You know, we have a half-hour show. There's a lot to go over in a short time, but the next week we're going to be announcing our guest list 
for several weeks coming, and we have some really good people lined up. Well, you know what? We we look forward to it. I I know one thing. I am riveted. Uh, riveted to the radio if I'm around 11. And if not, I get a copy of the show, and I'm loving it. So uh, keep up the great work, you and Tom. The Captain's Brief every Saturday morning uh, right here on 103.9 LI News Radio. Cap, well done. Lots on the table, lots of discussion, and I'm sure we'll be chatting soon. Excellent. Thanks, Jay. Look forward to it. You got it.